Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. It has been way too long since we recorded a podcast, even longer since we've recorded a podcast in person. I think we're pushing like six, seven weeks since we've done it in person. Yeah. It's been almost a month, Ty. This is the longest break we've ever taken. Yeah, didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. Um, the reason we, we were gone is I was going to post an update. I didn't. Took a week off. We went to Vegas. That was fine. That was great. Good time, whatever. And that was an intentional week off. Give ourselves a break. And then in that week in Vegas, Tyler got COVID. Mm, yeah. And that just kind of wiped us out for like two weeks because he couldn't go to the movies for 10 days, whatever. And then we said, might as well just wait till the return podcast to be Thor, Love yeah. and Thunder. Come back on a big release. Yes, exactly. Got to come back on the big one. Um, it just, it didn't work out great. There's a lot of missed time there. We got a lot of movies that we, I'm positive on the last podcast. I said, we will review them though. I think <laughs> I even promised. Yeah. And They'll get reviewed at some point. And it was, yeah. it was kind of like, honestly, the, the biggest kind of stretch of like four weeks for movies that were like all actually interesting and theater releases and like make good money that we've had in a long time. And we just, that's when we decided to take a break. <laughs> yeah. It's not great timing, um, um, but I'm excited to be back. Thor love and thunder, not getting reviewed as well by the critics. We'll touch on that after the intro. Um, you know, I texted you my initial thoughts. You just texted me. You had fun with it. So I have no idea how you feel mm. about this film. I'm excited to hear about it. I got a lot to talk about. Hopefully I can remember. It's been a week now since I've seen the film. Ty, let's get in the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. Don Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! 
Okay, Ty, before you start with our synopsis for Thor Love and Thunder, I thought I should tell the audience is I did make an effort to go see one of the movies we were going to review because I knew we were eventually going to review it. We're probably actually going to review it next week now. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's still showing in theaters. Uh, Lightyear, the new Pixar release. Again, another movie that's been getting iffy kind of reviews. Not bad, but you know, not up to standard for Pixar. And we went to the theater, me, Riley, and Gavin, sat down, got through the first 20, 30 minutes. I had already cried once. Um, and then we got ev- evacuated from the building, Ty. <laughs> We're just chilling, and the, the light starts flashing, and the alarm starts going off. And, you know, living in America in 2022, I just instantly thought we were going to get shot. Fuck um, yeah. So we all ran out of the theater, and turns out the uh, popcorn machine in the lobby uh, – exploded into flames mm-hmm. and filled the lobby with smoke and everyone had to evacuate and yeah we still haven't got a refund for that <laughs> really yeah riley requested a refund from from fandango they said to go through the theater or whatever and then she just hasn't done it so i don't know that's kind of on her but oh well that really pissed me off though yeah i mean it makes sense go through the theater but yeah I... now just to be very clear jason this is the theater that i oh we both continuously shit on yeah. And this sounds like maybe not their fault, but also like when everything else is your fault. No, it's their fault. Oh, something you're... something's okay. tricky in the wiring. I mean shit, they're missing that TV in the lobby. That's been missing for a month. They could have easily replaced that even with a TV that doesn't work. Yeah. Like it, that I'm sure there was probably some bad wiring with the popcorn machine. The fucking AC broke like 3 days after that and they had to shut down again, I guess. Mm. Um I just think it's cheap. I think whoever owns it is being cheapskates. They're lining um, their pockets and not not throwing it back into the company. Cinema West, I mean, they own they have like fourteen, fifteen theaters. They're not like a big chain. Um, I think they should sell it. Yeah, I think we should see a Harkins or like a a Regal come in and just you know save it. Let me tell you, Jay, for Thor: Love and Thunder, went to a Regal. So did I. Uh, beautiful IMAX screen, much better than our theater. Yeah, so much better. Yeah, so much more popping. Looks better, better vibes. Seats. I mean, the lobby's suck. very much designed in the '90s, and it still looks like it's from the '90s. Hasn't been percent. redone, but yeah. <laughs> seats are very uncomfortable for IMAX. They had a little bit of a re- recline, nah, but not enough. <laughs> I will give I will give our theater that they have the luxury recliners. Yeah, and I I appreciate a nice little recliner while watching a film. See, Civic Plaza, I feel like was good up until like COVID. It's like after the pandemic, it's like mm, they kind of they weren't great before COVID. Yeah, but we never had the screen shut off. You sure? Pretty sure. When did Aladdin come out? Was that at Civic? I thought that was at AMC where the screen shut off, and then we had to go to Civic. Yeah, that Civic mixed first. up, my guy. Let me let me tell you, <laughs> it was definitely Civic. Aladdin was definitely before COVID, 100% before COVID. Aladdin was like 2018. 19, yeah. Yeah, so, oh, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought we went to that AMC first. No, that was our follow-up because, because Civic. Okay. Fucked us. That's fair. Well, when I saw Thor, um, you know, first the sound wasn't working during the little Marie, Maria Menounos part. And I was a little bit worried, like, shit, is their sound going to be off? And then the preview started, and I was like, damn, this sound is great. IMAX sound. Yeah. And nice then they and showed the Thor Love and Thunder trailer while we're sitting there waiting for Thor. And I was like, hmm, something don't seem right. Yeah, that's I've, that's. I've never been to a movie where I saw the preview for the movie I'm seeing. <laughs> but maybe it's just because it just released today. They don't have, like, the preview package out yet. That's concerning. <laughs> and then they do the IMAX countdown. You know it. You know, they count down from 10. They build up the hype and everything. It fades to black. They do the little ding and everything. And then fucking Minion starts playing. Mm. They played the wrong movie in the theater. Guy next to Riley looks at us like, is this Thor? And we're like, yes, it's Thor. 
and of course everyone left the theater i also left the theater too but i was one of those people um i didn't say anything to anyone but i just want to see what was going on <laughs> um, they quickly got it fixed okay they had to play two more trailers well they played one more trailer they played the mission impossible trailer i don't know if it's like in their contract where certain trailers have to play but Maybe. they played that mission impossible yeah. trailer and the sound was off and i was like oh fuck it was off by like a half second I was like, fuck, dude, is this whole movie going to be off in the sound? But then the next preview started playing, and they just cut it, and then it went straight to the countdown, and the sound was fine. So it worked out. I was Love worried, it. though. So you've now seen part of Lightyear and part of Minions. Yes. I've seen about five minutes of Minions, about 20 minutes of Lightyear. Love that. And all of Thor, Love, and Thunder. <laughs> Fantastic. It's That's wonderful. <laughs> you got a synopsis for us, Ty? Synopsis for Thor, Love, and Thunder, Jay. I did, and and then I I clicked away from it. Thor embarks on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced, a quest for inner peace. However, his retirement gets interrupted by Gore the God Butcher, a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of the gods. To combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and his ex-girlfriend, Jane Foster, who, to his surprise, inexplicably wields his magical hammer. Together, they set out on a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance. It's pretty long. Yeah, it was a mouthful. Like I said, not getting as good reviews as Marvel movies typically get. It has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 80% audience score. Again, still not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Seeing some people nitpicking the film, um, I think... It's kind of a product of Ragnarok a little bit. I mean, Ragnarok was obviously so amazing, and this was kind of like more of Ragnarok, maybe a little bit too much of Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're always comparing it to that one, you're going to be let down. Although Brandon did tell me that he uh, liked this one more than Ragnarok. So I was I was shocked by that. Your cousin Brandon? Yes. Fuck yeah. Yes, I, I was I was surprised. I don't um, I don't agree with that. I don't either. But I'm glad he did. That being said, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch Ragnarok, but I do feel like... I laughed more in this film because I feel like they took, like I said, what worked with Ragnarok and the humor and that kind of tone and they increased it. You know what I mean? But that being said, just the movie as, as a whole isn't as good as Ragnarok. So yeah, I, this is a lot, lot, it's comedy full on a comedy. Um, there's action and there's everything, but I think Ragnarok jumped into that comedy kind of landscape and this full on dives head first. Um, it's very funny. There's jokes throughout. There are some serious moments that don't have jokes there. There's a few of them, but (laughs) not a lot. Yeah. Um, and I saw some people like saying, you know, the tone of the movie's not fully there. And I think that's a fair assessment. And I I think they, they embarked on this movie where they were trying to almost balance different tones Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to do. And I don't think it was necessarily horrible, but I I don't think they might've nailed it when you have, this upbeat kind of 80s style, um, you know, kind of movie, funny, all this stuff. And then you also have all the stuff with gore. And then you also have the difficult stuff with like, you know, Jane and, and, uh, you know, having cancer and everything. And it's like, sometimes it was like contradict, not contradicting, but like it's a balancing act. And you know, that there's a little bit of a, a process there. I also saw someone comparing this movie to guardians too. It was like a, yeah. Do you see that tweet? It was like Mm -hmm. a bullet point. It was like, uh not doesn't have big stakes for the rest of the mcu check you know funny and tone check you know whatever like it was all these things and i was like that's actually kind of a good comparison it's it's <laughs> right on par with guardians too i would say in terms of it kind of builds off the first one same thing tonally but maybe not as much the story isn't as good as the first um very much on par uh, yeah. I, I i like that comparison i think 
and again, you you touched on it the tonally thing. Um, I think gore and the whole Jane Foster cancer storyline just doesn't work as well in this type of film. Yeah, with the comedy, I don't think Gore the God Butcher is is the villain for this movie. Yeah, but damn, was he good? He's fantastic. He was really good. <laughs> um, I would have liked to have seen more God butching. Yeah, <laughs> that's I can, fair. I can say that. That's fair. Um, I mean, we should have said this off the rip, but if you're this far in already and you you listen to the podcast, you already know spoilers, of course. Have um, we? I don't even think we've been really spoilery yet. Okay, well, spoilers moving ahead. Yeah. Um, I almost wonder, like, what if this was and. I don't know which direction we're gonna they're gonna go with this. We could talk about this right now. I I almost wonder like, what if they did this was the Hercules movie? Because they're obviously setting up Hercules. To Roy do fucking something. Kent. Roy Kent. Yes. Um. Incredible. Fuck. What's his name? Fastest I used to know I've his ever name. pulled out my phone. <laughs> Why? To check if that's who I thought it was. Oh, so Riley before we went said Jay. There's rumors that uh, I can't remember the actor's name right now. Brett Goldstein. Yeah. That Brett Goldstein is gonna be Hercules. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't see it. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't in the movie and stuff. But I did call it as soon as fucking Thor threw the lightning bolt back at Zeus. I leaned over to Riley. I was like, post credit scene is going to be Hercules because they said Hercules' name in the film. Yeah. Um. And then when they showed him, she was very, very excited. But, um, I don't know what direction they're going to go there. But I almost wonder, like, what if they made this the Hercules film? You could still have Jane have her cancer stuff. And again, I don't even know how this would work. And I know, like, Hercules in the comics, they kind of start as enemies, but then kind of become friends at the end, like, you know, like, kind of work together and stuff. And he becomes, like, a hero, pretty much. And then, so he loses Jane, all this stuff, and then the next movie is with Gore, and it's, like, a much darker tone movie. Now, they that probably you don't want to... The two sets of gods fighting the God Butcher. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if they want to go back to that dark tone of the dark world and just... <laughs> and, uh, I, like, I don't think that's the right choice to go all the way back into Thor 1 and 2 at all I think you just gotta balance it better yeah because 3 and 4 are still better than 1 and 2 yeah no you're not wrong there like I all things considered like I I I wouldn't even say I'm disappointed with this film I just wanted more out of it I guess I hoped that it would be even better than Ragnarok which is a very high ceiling (laughs) yeah but what we got was still fun it was still Taika Waititi and I still had a good time with it yeah, for and sure. I wouldn't prefer them to go back to that. It's very rewatchable. Yeah, a hundred percent, and it, easy to get through. Uh, one of my complaints on it is I feel like there was like four scenes. <laughs> I wanted more. Yeah, like yeah. it's like there's this fight, this happens, this fight over. Yeah, and I'm like fuck, man. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, just circle back to Hercules before we talk more about the movie itself. Is I want to ask you, like, what direction do you think that goes? I was talking to Riley about this in the car right after, like. I almost feel like it would be cool to do a Hercules Disney Plus show where it's almost like him kind of not jumping into Thor, but establishing the character and establishing like how badass this Hercules character is. Maybe it's him fighting other gods. I don't know. They could fucking work that out. There's plenty of comic book stuff to go off of, you know, and kind of building that up. And then the next Thor movie, you have that established Hercules character, you know, and they can maybe start the movie as enemies and then they have to work together to beat someone else. It could have been fucking gore. Um, but I don't know. That's what I, I was thinking. Maybe a show would be better, but yeah, taking place before the post credit scene or after post credit scene. How about this? First three episodes before post credit scene, last three episodes after post. Oh, we get the post credit scene <laughs> as the post credit scene for episode, <laughs> episode three. three yes. They just run it back. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. 
I don't hate that. <laughs> I don't hate that one bit. That just gives us kind of a nice little bracket on both ends there. Yeah. We see the events um, that happened, like, in the city. Yeah, he could have been maybe He's off on his own crown. quest. Yeah. And then he gets the alert, like. He comes back and sees the aftermath of that. Yeah. So we get to see everything around this from a different point of view. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited for Roy Kent to be a part of the MCU because <laughs> I fucking love that guy and, and Ted Lasso. Good for him, though. Like, I was, like, telling Riley, like, he was just, like, a writer-producer, yep. like, obviously on Ted Lasso. But before that, like, I don't know. I'm sure he did act, but he obviously didn't have any big roles. And I think he was mostly just, like, an off-screen writer. Writes this Roy Kent character. You know, they, they all agree that he is the guy who has to play this. And now he gets a fucking MCU role. Like, that's such a such a fucking a glow-up, man. So happy for him. It's incredible. Yeah, And even, like, when he, like, was like, hey, I'm Roy Kent. Like, he was afraid to say it. Like, I... I think I should do this. Like yeah. very much not a confident, like I'm a fucking star actor. Just like a, let me give me the, let me give this a try. Yeah. And it just turns out he's fucking fantastic. Yeah. And now he's in the biggest franchise in the world. Yeah. Riley's on a good stretch between him and Harry Styles getting introduced in Eternals. Yeah. Next up is just T Swift. Mm. And then she'll I be will, all, uh, I'll be very upset. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I don't want to see Taylor Swift. She was in cats. <laughs> I just want to remind everyone. She was in cats. I don't want her anywhere near the MCU. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's been any overlap between Cats and the MCU to this point. James Corden. Not in not in the MCU. I don't know who's in. Judy Dench. Not in the MCU. Uh, Idris, Idris Elba. Elba very fuck. much in the MCU. Um, I don't think Rebel Wilson. Ian McKellen was in Cats. Not in the MCU. Just the shitty X-Men movies. <laughs> Jason Derulo. Nope. Idris Elba appears in the second post credit scene of this movie. He does. He's dead. He is. I heard someone in our theater like, oh, is Jane coming back? And I was like, no, that literally is showing that she's in fucking Valhalla. Like, she's yeah. dead. But why do you show that? Unless this that's is a nice closing. I don't, here's the thing, though, Jay, is I've played God of War. Very much has to deal with, like, gods and everything. Uh, different group. Well, same group at one point. Like, Zeus. That's two points. Never mind. Either way, they go to the afterlife and come back in the willy-nilly. Go get people from is the that afterlife. what Thor five is? Is him trying to get all his loved ones back from you? Maybe, or does he find Loki finally and he learns about these other? I don't know. It's with the fucking multiverse and everything. Um, some other points I want to bring up before we talk about the movie itself. Number one, did you see our enemy in this film? Mostly your enemy, but our enemy was in this film. I so before we started recording this, I said I had a list of things and I knew I was gonna forget something. I would have forgot that. <laughs> And I'm so fucking glad you brought it up because I was disgusted. I wanted to fucking vomit. <laughs> so Melissa McCarthy plays. Wonderful. Um, oh, you're fine with her? Melissa McCarthy? Oh, yeah. I thought I've you were been okay with, her, too. Oh, I've always been okay with Melissa McCarthy okay, being in things. So she did the hella of yep. the they, – they went back to that joke, and they even gave it a little bit more run with Matt Damon later in the film. Yep. Um, she is hella and everything, and then they do their bow – after the the play and of course her husband is in that scene piece of shit ben falcone steps out on stage he officially is credited as as uh credited as as guardian stage manager how do you feel that ben fuck falcone that fuck that guy is in the mcu he's a piece of shit fuck that guy <laughs> no i think if we would have seen that whole play play out it would have been horrible dog shit play well the stage manager is just like props and i don't stuff. care he, if he's involved in anything that his wife is in dog shit I think it's just anything he's involved in. That's a good point. Not even his wife. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if he gets work without his wife, but... <laughs> yeah, she's the only reason he gets work, and when he does get work, it's dog shit. 
<laughs> He's never made anything good in his entire fucking life. And the fact that he gets to be a part of the MCU, I don't care if it wasn't like a like a speaking role or anything. Keep him off my screen. Yeah. Did you see him? No, 100%. I saw him right off the rip. I saw her, and then I saw him walk out, and I was like, no. I didn't see him. I was uh, Riley was like, oh, there's Ben, ben Falco, and I was like, fuck. Disgusted. <laughs> That's great. Second point I wanted to bring up is the love character at the end, um, who is the little girl, Gore's daughter. Mm-hmm. Not part of the comics. That's what Riley told me. I didn't fact check her because um, I was having her look it up, like her story and like moving forward in the MCU. And from what she told me, if her research is correct, and I will trust her on this, is that this is like a completely new original MCU character. Nice. Fuck yeah. Which there's probably some of the comic nerds who are not going to be happy about that. Who cares? But like that is cool to like – we always talk about the Young Avengers – Check, check. We just got another yeah. fucking one. Were you aware that that is Chris Hemsworth's daughter? Yes. Yeah, I found that out afterwards. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. There's a picture of her on Thor 1 as like a very small baby. Oh, really? Like on set with him. Yeah. And then all the way up to hit her on set now. That's pretty cool. I like that. I also like the twist on the name because you assume like Love and Thunder is going to be between like Thor and Jane. Yeah. no. It's his new fatherly love. Uncle love. He opened up his heart like Jane said. It's wonderful. Or no, like, like Star-Lord said. Didn't he tell him to open his heart? Look to the well, ones he told you love? Him to be shitty, but at the end when Jane was dying, she said, open your heart. Oh. Because Who told him to be? Star-Lord did not tell him to be shitty. You want someone that makes you feel shitty. Oh, got it. Yep. Yeah. 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 Also want to uh, touch on this, because I don't think it really goes into the score, so we could talk about it now, is I thought Korg was dead. Oh, yeah. I, I was, when that happened, I was like... Like, I, immediately my brain jumped to, like, I should text Jason to make sure he's okay. <laughs> he watched this days ago. And, I, like, the fact that he didn't bring this up, I'm like, I, I thought was, you were on suicide watch. Theater was dead silent. Like, not dead silent because the movie was playing. But I gasped. And yeah. there was at least a, a radius of people who heard me gasp. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, I was concerned for you. I was. Oh, I mean, I I like Korg, but I know you're, you have a love for I wore Korg. my Korg shirt. You would hold hands with Korg over a volcano. I would. Yeah. To create a baby. Yeah. Did you get the joke that is his... Uh, I don't know if it's boyfriend, whatever. I think he said boyfriend. His name was Dwayne. Did you catch that? Dwayne the Rock? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that. It's fantastic. <laughs> I was too obsessed with Dwayne's fantastic mustache. You, you know I'm a fan of cinema facial hair. <laughs> and the fact that they gave a rock monster a mustache, loved every second of it. So when he said that, I don't think a lot of people caught it I didn't. from the movie. Yeah, I didn't catch it. I fucking like cackled out loud, like my <laughs> annoying laugh. And like I told Riley, I was like, get it, Dwayne the Rock. And then she laughed, but like no one else laughed at it. It would have been much funnier <laughs> if instead of the mustache, they would have had like this giant rock creature with like tribal tattoos, like all of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's <laughs> tattoos on the rocks. That would have been funny shit. <laughs> yeah, it would have. Um, and between him and Tessa Thompson's character, um, that's probably part of the reason why some of the reviews are bad. It's yeah. just because Lots of gay. gay people existing is um, indoctrinating our youth and everything, right. so that can never exist. Pretty sure Korg's race is all all guys. Yeah, it is. And so Valkyrie's race is all girls. Not even like we don't, we're not justifying why or why not. You shouldn't have to justify, it, but it's just just like that. It's not even like they, it's like oh woke culture they force this in. Like that's just the comic books. Like that's just what it is, and they're just showing that. And even if it wasn't, so fine. Gay people existing yeah. isn't indoctrinating. They exist. Cool with that. If your kid turns out gay, guess what? They're just fucking gay. Nice. <laughs> it's yeah. not because fucking Lightyear or fucking Korg was a rock monster who held hands. Why is that? What's Lightyear? There's to? a gay character in Lightyear too. That was yeah. Oh fuck. That was getting a bunch of uh, bad, you know, people. You know, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, um, I had COVID. Didn't really keep up with Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I am hoping though, from the Korg getting zapped and almost dying, that we get a a, a line of Korg masks, just where it's just his face. Oh. Maybe I can hang it up on my wall. That would that feels like a perfect yeah. ancillary market thing. No, they they've got to do that though, right? I would hope so. The goats. Thoughts. Hated them. Laughed every time. Really? <laughs> it's, I'm embarrassed. I'm kind of embarrassed, but I re- <laughs> I gave that away really quickly to be embarrassed. <laughs> I found it annoyingly funny every time. I, I hated it. When they're on the ship and they just kept doing it over and over, I was like, <laughs> I really hope this doesn't happen throughout the every whole time. film. Every fucking time they're on screen. No, I, I, I was like. <laughs> actively cringing at that point in time i was like is this movie gonna suck no i'm cool with it because that feels like exactly the type of thing where like every producer and everyone tells taika watiti no and he's like what if they just keep doing it though instead <laughs> like you guys are telling me to back off i want to dive in farther yeah and it's just it's the most stupid ridiculous thing ever and it made me laugh yeah i i, I was cringing that's when i was concerned about the film okay because to go into our scale patent penny movie ranking scale Five categories out of 20 to give a score out of 100. Plot slash story tie. I gave it a 14. And I, the reason I was worried about this film at this point in time with the goats is I do feel like act one could have been better. I think the pacing of this film, particularly in the first 45 minutes, I think it could have been constructed a little bit differently. Now, we don't know what they filmed and what was left on the chopping room floor. Um, I know there were scenes with Jeff Goldblum and um, Peter Dinklage that Christian Bale talked about that they cut out. Apparently, he was in those scenes with them. Maybe it probably was him. I would imagine it was probably him going to them, like asking where Thor is. Or maybe um, killing. Well, they're not gods, are they? Celestial. Who's the Celestial? The Jeff Goldblum, Grandmaster. Shit, is he really? Yep. Oh, fuck. I did not know that. Yep. Almost positive. Anyways, um, I just... We got we we introed that was another comparison with the Guardians of the Galaxy too is you intro with the the villains kind of you know origin story slash whatever we got the little bit of gore and then we jump into the stuff with Korg telling the story about Thor and the Guardians and we get that that battle on that planet that doesn't really matter and then that like that that scene with him and um fucking what's his name Star Lord and everything and the Guardians yep. and everything. And then it shifts straight to fucking Gore just attacking the village. Like, I know we do have some Jane in there, too, and everything. But that's where Thor kind of, like, it, it jumps right in. You know, we go from Gore being like, here's his origin story to Gore literally attacking Asgard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it. I almost feel like this movie would have been better if the Guardians weren't in it. I don't feel like they needed to be in it at all. A million percent. I think, so my biggest complaint of, of this movie is the story and the pacing of it. And I thought this movie was like an hour 20. <laughs> it felt so short because it was that like first few, like 30 minutes is kind of pointless. Exactly. And then the actual movie itself probably is like about an hour, a little bit more. Yeah. And you just have that extra where, you know, where is Thor now type thing, getting caught up with them. You don't need it. Yeah. Take it out. Yeah. I, I, I like the guardians. I like all those characters. I like seeing that stuff. I thought the they few, did not add anything. To I thought film. the few little moments with them were like, Oh, that's cool. Like these characters are back. I, I don't need it. Yeah. I wanted to watch a Thor movie. Yep. Um, you either lean all the way into it and have them in it most of the movie, or you don't do it at all. That's yeah. my take on that. Like Hulk. Hulk was in pretty all much of all of Ragnarok. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and the way they did it from this, it just took away from the rest of the film. I give it a, a I did 13. give it still pretty high for what I said. The reason I still gave it pretty high is 
once that kind of part was over, I, I liked, I kind of liked how they did go the cancer route, which ain't as evil as that sounds, you know, cancer. I was worried they were going to be like, oh, she blipped. She has blip radiation or something like that. And like, I know Disney kind of shies away from cancer and stuff like that sometimes. Like they didn't say it at first either when Darcy was on the screen. They, she said it was Terminal 4. I'm like, are they really not going to say? But then when they eventually, she eventually did finally say, I have cancer. It was like, ooh. Oh, shit. Like, it, it hit hard. I liked that. I thought the gore character had motives, and I thought it was a little bit rudimentary, like capturing kids and luring them in, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I thought everything after that. I thought that I liked, you know, everything after that. So, well, And that's part of my issue is, like, I, I felt like it was really short, and I wanted more. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was left wanting more of this because I once it got going, I liked what it was. Yeah. I liked what the story was. I liked the story that they were telling and, and you know, with those, like, Olympic gods and this gore character. Like, I liked that whole narrative and what they were doing. I just felt like there was so little of that because the beginning kind of took away. We yeah, didn't get to see I mean, any actual gore either besides fighting Thor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have, instead of giving me 30 minutes of catching up with Thor and the Guardians, give me fucking five minutes of that like really gore killing that fucking big ass god move on from that yeah show me gore fighting more and being the god butcher to where i'm like oh shit this guy's a badass and concerned for thor more throughout the movie well because the first time you see him he's going to new asgard and he has his little shadow monsters and then thor he you know he gets the sword up to thor's neck or whatever but then thor gets stormbreaker we find out eventually he needs stormbreaker for the bifrost blah 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 all that stuff to get to that one thing um but, like, he kind of looked weak in that first battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's another thing. Give us two minutes on why how the Bifrost works with fucking Stormbreaker. I'm sure in the comics they explained it. I don't think they explained that in any, like, endgame or anything. No, they didn't use the fucking Bifrost, did they? And Stormbreaker obviously wasn't in Ragnarok. He's in, it's in Infinity War, and, like, he shows up on Wakanda with the Bifrost. I don't remember what their explanation or how they how he has access to it or, or why he even... specifically needs Stormbreaker rather than uh, Mjolnir. Well, maybe not even that. Maybe explaining the fucking Bifrost to get to the fucking Eternity character. Yeah. Which that brought up another question I wanted to bring up is like, and this is just kind of the, the nature of the beast is because you started with more grounded characters and the more you do this, you know, you're getting into more of these cosmic entities and stuff. It's like, We've had the Infinity Stones, which are supposed to, you know, be the end-all, say-all. And then you have the TVA, which is supposedly looking over everything, and the Infinity Stones are useless there. But then you have the fucking Celestials, who are gods, and, like, explode all these big planets and everything. And then you have this Eternity character who can give you whatever you want. Like, I know that's how the comics are, because that's comic books, but it's like, is there almost too much of this, like, kind of get-out-of-jail-free bigger thing? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I... And maybe they explain, like, hey, Gore got to eternity. Now no one else can get to eternity. Maybe that's why fucking Galactus can go on his fucking tear. I don't know, but... Yeah, the Eternity character, I, it looked just like the Watcher from What If. Yeah. Exact same character model and, you know, the whole his body is space. Yeah. I don't know how that compares if they're saying that's the same thing or something different. Um, but I, I think that as long as... I, I think the issue comes when you do another team-up movie. Down yeah. the line. Because I think it's fine if you tell this Captain, uh, you know, um, Mrs. Marvel. What the Miss fuck? Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Which I am not caught up on. <laughs> yeah. I-, I think it's fine if you tell that story and the Hawkeye type story and you follow up with Yelena and you tell Falcon and the Winter Soldier and get U.S. Agent and you tell those stories as a connected thing going on. 
And then you have the space shit with Eternals and Thor and Guardians coming up. And you tell that, it's just once you kind of start to cross over again is when you're going to have issues. Um, because you have so much going on at ground level and then none of that matters because there's giant shit in the sky. And there's multiple universes. And I mean, they might... That whole thing... Oh, sorry. That whole thing might be Secret Wars anyways. But yeah. this didn't really tie into the grand scale MCU of it all. Hercules was the biggest thing we got, and that's a Thor character. Um Got more gods. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I would have liked to have seen um, Moon Knight. What the fuck's that god's name? Don't remember. That would have been cool if he was just chilling in the crowd. Theoretically, he would have been, because that's kind of the approach the MCU has taken. I don't know if this is how the comics are, where it's almost like every religion and every god is real. Well, that, and that's what... And, like, your afterlife is what you believe. And that's even what Zeus said. He was like, we're the gods to our people. Yeah. And that's why every type of god and everything exists, which like I'm cool with gives me more weird you know, more weird shit to see and Yeah. And it tells that line too. Like, yeah. Of religion and Thor being a god and all these other gods and everything, so you don't want to piss off all the Yeah. You know. Like why wasn't Jesus in that in that meeting? That's the one that's actually the one that isn't real. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> oh Jesus. Everything else is right. That's the one that they got wrong, believe it or not. Oh man. No, but yeah, like we said, the plot slash story, the plot, pick it up a little sooner. And I wonder if we're uh, spoiled a little bit by these shows, getting so much more, you know, exposition and character yeah. growth and everything um, from a show like Moon Knight or Loki and everything. Whereas in a movie, and I've kind of noticed this since we've gone from the MCU shows to the movies, it's almost like every MCU movie, I'm like, that's it? Like, where's where's more of it? And it's just, you know. I almost feel like MCU movies have to be two and a half hours now. Yeah. In order for it not to feel like just this little snippet. I just... Everything that they've released, even though Loki's still my all-time favorite, because I'm just going to stick by that take, I feel like everything they've released has made WandaVision better by comparison. Oh, yeah? I just... That show, man. That show did something special. It was really good. I like what they did. I think they're just... I hate to say it, doing too much, too many shows. Phase four of the MCU, there is now just as much, I think it's like within an hour, content in phase four as there has been in one, two, and three. Wow. Because of all the shows and six hours. shows. we like that. We suck up that slop. I do like it, but is the quality being diminished because they're just pumping out content after content after content? I mean, I got burnt out by Miss Marvel. Yeah. Maybe I'll get burnt out by She-Hulk, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And Echo. I think I'm going to watch Echo because Daredevil is supposed to be in it. Jessica Jones, possibly. Connecting Netflix shows. Luke Cage? Don't know. Mm. I think the only one they don't want to bring back is Iron Fist. Apparently that was dog shit. Well, then they also have the whole Black Bolt, um, that show. Oh, and Humans, I think, is just like slightly different enough where they can pretend it didn't exist. I actually watched a video about that in Humans Mm. and... Pretty much it was pressure from Disney because X-Men was making a shit ton of money for Fox. They were like, hey, we need our X-Men. They are like, oh, and humans. I want it. Isn't it MCU, though? I think it's supposed to be canon. Oh, I have no idea. I, I think know. it is. I'm like aggressively. I think it's supposed to be like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon. Uh, see, I don't even think that's canon, though. Anymore, yeah. yeah I think they've just kind of like accepted that they're not going to address it. But it, it was canon at one point. It was originally made to be canon. Well, I think you get away from that by just saying, like, oh, TVA, different, <laughs> you know, different multiverse. Yeah. Not, what is it called? Not Immortal. What is it? Inhumans. Inhumans. I looked up Immortals. And, like, I don't, I don't know if maybe they are saying it's canon, but they want to separate it because 
Miss Marvel in the comics is an inhuman. And they've completely changed her backstory and her powers and everything to separate her from that. Yeah. Um, so maybe they just say, fuck it, never do the Inhumans. MCU. Yeah, it. the show is supposed to take place in the MCU. Hmm. I feel like that gets retconned. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they did have Black Bolt in the... I don't, I've, maybe not retconned, but I... Shit, sorry. <laughs> I think it gets treated like the Daredevil show, where it's just like, hey, here's this character. Yeah. We're just not going to address what his he- like his past is and his history. Same thing with Kingpin. Yeah. Which is like, hey, you've seen this person before. You know there's other shit. We're just, we're just ignoring that. Just <laughs> continue from here. <laughs> Fair. Um, visual cinematography, Ty. So we both saw this in IMAX. Your second mm. ever IMAX movie? Yeah, I think so. Um, saw some complaints of people saying some of the backgrounds looked fake. Didn't really see it, but I understand where they're coming from. They use some of that Mandalorian technology. The only time... And this was me, like, really, really looking for it. I didn't even hold it against in the score. The only time, like, I could – I thought something looked a little off was when they were walking in the, the god temple thing. They were, like, walking, and then there was a, a side cut where it was, like, Jane, you know, like, from Thor's point of view. And, like, her walking speed wasn't matched with the background. It was just something super small. But that was the only thing I noticed. Uh, what did you give it, though, out of a scale from 1 to 20? So, second movie in IMAX. Only other one I've seen was Eternals. Yep. Um, gave that a 19. Yeah, Eternals. Beautiful film. Look, people are shitting on this, saying certain things don't look good. I I think for the most part, everything, I wasn't like blown, blown away by it. I'm sitting at a 17 right now. Okay. I think a lot of it looked really good. I liked the, do you know, do you remember the name of the city? New Asgard? No, the the God's City. Um, There was was a name for it. I thought that looked. Kind you know, obviously it was CGI and not realistic, but I thought it looked cool. Um, when they go to the planet to fight um, omni- um, omnipotency, omnipotent city. city, yeah, yeah. Um, when they go to the planet to fight Gore, and it's all black and white and everything, and he has all the shadow monsters. When they pan away and you can see the whole planet and all the different monsters, that shit looked like stop motion. Maybe it was. Like, it looked like it was, like, a lower frame rate, and the monsters were, like, jumping, and they almost looked like clay models. I'm very curious if that wasn't, like, a stop-motion kind of neat thing I, they threw in there. I don't think they actually had clay models. I think they no, probably no, no, no. But intentionally... Like, no, because that whole scene, it's monochromed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the the noir noir sure, film yeah. styles. Yeah. No, like Spider-Man noir. Noir, yeah. Noir, whatever. <laughs> Um, it's like that kind of style. And yeah, it was a little bit more grainy and a little bit more like titular. Yeah. Um, looks fucking cool. I like that. And that's why I gave it an 18 out of 20 ties because okay. I thought for the most part, it's bright. It's vibrant. Um, I thought all the CGI looked fine. Like the shadow monsters, nothing took me out of it. Mm-hmm. I really liked the soundtrack. Soundtrack um, was my one welcome com- to the jungle baby. doesn't get you going like highway to hell on Top Gun Maverick. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, my one th- I actually was disappointed with how they used that. Really? Yeah, because in Thor Ragnarok, the big fucking song that they used in that, that they paid a million fucking, I think it was actually like $85 million. Yeah. That's used at like the fucking climax when he's jumping into a crowd of people fighting him, and it's like fucking awesome. Well, they used it in the beginning too, right? Maybe. I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Maybe, but still, like, that's their big song, and it happens in like the biggest moment. It's fucking awesome. And this one, the big song that they use for the trailer and everything, is just like, hey, guys, we're here. <laughs> like, that was a letdown. Use the soundtrack better. 
Yeah, but I don't know if there was really a point in this movie to. I guess when the kids were fighting, what song did they use when the kids were fighting? I don't know. It might have been their big song. I got big time Shazam vibes from uh, when he gave all the kids his powers. Made me feel like the Shazam family type scene where he gave everyone the Shazam powers. Why hasn't he done this before? Yeah, if he knew he got... Could you imagine if he he, in Infinity Thanos. War, Captain America's also Thor? <laughs> he gives the fucking his shield the power of Thor. Yeah. Yeah, no. that's a good question. 100%. Like, if that's been a trick the whole time, like, if he could just like, make... What the fuck, bro? <laughs> like, yeah. Guy, it's a couple of times you could have fucking done this. <laughs> really would have helped. Like, you know all of our friends who are still dead? <laughs> yeah. Black Widow's just a normal human. You couldn't have fucking helped her out a little bit? Well, she died from... Still, that that would have been. I I did like that scene though because he did that whole rant about giving him the power of Thor, blah blah blah, and he said for a temporary amount of time or whatever the fuck he said. Yeah. Um, but I think they might have used the the that song in that scene. I don't remember. I don't but think they I, did. I still like the soundtrack. I thought you know the omnip, omnipotent city, whatever the fuck it's called. I thought it looked good. Yeah, obviously it's not realistic, but like never did I watch it and it did take me out of it. Like oh, this is very obviously on a blue screen, um, which some Marvel shots do kind of look like that at times. For sure, you know what I mean. Black Widow. Um, when she gets exploded out of the ship, so bad, so fucking bad. <laughs> it's so bad, it's good though. Oh no, no, it's, it's not. So bad, it's good. No, it's I not. was thinking about Black Widow the other day. God damn, I need to. It's fine. Um, I was thinking about Black Widow the other day. You shit on it a little bit too much. No, <laughs> you're not going to become a Black Widow defender. Easiestly, it's the it's the worst of the worst of Phase Four. I have it no, with like no, that's Eternals, brother. Oh well, that's where me and you differ. Because <laughs> let me tell you, guy, fucking great movie. So Black Widow as a whole, because I was thinking about the movie the other day, because it was like the one year anniversary. As a whole, yeah, it's not very good, especially MCU standards. But there was like some really good moments that it's unfortunate were wasted in that film, like the beginning um, when they're kids. And why are you fucking looking at me There's like that? There's no good moments in that film. That's like the, one. You're telling me the opening scene when they're kids and they get rushed out. And then the whole opening credit scene where it's like all the childhood footage of them. And then them getting like tortured and them turning into fighters. With the song, whatever song they use. Like James Bond-esque kind of shit. That was pretty badass. And then it had Florence Pugh, which was pretty badass. Everything else wasn't very good. Okay. But no, those yeah, two fine. things. That's why I said there's like one. I'm fine with that. Okay. The main villain stunk. The second master was great. The main villain stunk. The secondary villain fucking stunk. The entire story stunk. David Harbour was okay. Florence Pugh was David fantastic. Was pretty decent. Only two good things come out of it. What's your like? Is Miss is Captain Marvel your your second least favorite Marvel movie? Captain Marvel? Yeah, that's all right. Just because it has a woman it. lead too. Hate woman leads. <laughs> Miss Marvel, bottom of the barrel show. Um, what's another Ty- even? Tyler's remotely? kidding. He. I don't think anyone's gonna snip this out of context. We're not big enough for that. But do it. Fucking do it. I love women. Um, <laughs> Mostly my wife. But. <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought. Okay, no, I wanted to get back to Thor, the cinematography and everything. Yeah. That fucking planet scene. Really Give cool. me more of that, dude. Really cool. It was only like five minutes long. It, it was more than five minutes long. but <laughs> It was like 15 to 20 at least. I, lo- I, I was like it, 10 to 15. They really threw me off when the ship just slammed into the planet and it was very small. <laughs> that was Loved funny, that. though. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Was it funny? Because the, the fucking goats yelled the second they hit the planet, so you were laughing while the goats were yelling. If you thought that was funny. Okay, that's when the goats peaked. Okay. Because <laughs> I thought they were crushed and dead. Okay. Um, no, but that, that, that scene, just the monochrome and then the color, the tricks they used with that. And I'm going to jump ahead to characters. We'll circle back to key elements just while I'm on this talking point. It's like... 
that whole scene was badass. The fight scene was badass. The way they filmed it cinematography-wise was badass. And then circling back to the characters, this was like the the microwave score off the bench on the NBA team. He came in. He hit five three-pointers. Christian Bale as Gore. Um, this was my favorite part of the movie, um, him tying them up and kind of just doing that sadistic kind of – you know, we've seen it before. It's the sadistic villain who's makes sense but is still kind of like – creepy and eerie and everything gets the hero to to give into his temptations of calling the thing because he, he uses his own you know vices against him maybe not vices but yeah that was that scene and christian bale as a whole as gore i thought he fucking killed it and it's fucking christian bale like i expect no less and riley made like said afterwards like i wish he was a bigger part of the mcu and i'm like right i agree it's just like Thor's really the only one he has beef with, so it's like hard to make him a big MCU villain. You know what I mean? Not true. Easily could make a storyline of him against Moon Knight. Easily uh, could get yeah. Christian Bale versus Oscar Isaac and the Egyptian gods. That's fair. 100%. That's that's okay. I didn't think about that. But in the grand scheme of things, he's not going to be a big villain. He's not going to be a Loki. Negative, no. Um, now this raises the question, what if they did Hercules first and they, they led up to a Gore thing? Either way, he was probably only getting one movie anyway. Could we have got Hercules, Thor, and Moon Knight all against Gore the God Butcher and made him like a big bad? Like a big, big bad? I don't know. That would have been sick. I wish we – I wish – Eternals? Could have thrown him against some Eternals. They're gods. Good point. I, I just wish <laughs> we could have got more Gore because it was – Marvel – like I've learned this about myself is like – I really like Marvel villains. I almost like the villains more than the heroes. That's wild to tell someone like phase two of the MCU because that was what Marvel sucked at was the villains. But like I think of all my favorite movies like I mean No Way Home was just 100% fan service so whatever. Um, Infinity War is Thanos' movie. I think about fucking Killmonger which is the main reason why I like Black Panther you know. I think fucking uh, Spider-Man Homecoming villains good. I Vulture. Um I think Gore was compelling and had his reasons and, like, made sense as a villain. And, like, Loki's a very strong reason the Avengers work so well. Yeah, and then I think of, like, Ultron, which it was kind of like a, it's a fucking robot. Could have done so much better with Ultron. It's a fucking robot, dude. Yeah. Um, he was really good. I don't know. What did you think about Christian Bale's Gore? I, I think he I'm, – I'm with you. He gave a good performance. Would have liked more of him because it was, like – Really good performance. We're not going to see him for a little while. He gets one line. Really good performance. He's off screen. We just fight. Decent performance. Movie's over. Which goes back to, like, give me more gore in the first 30 minutes of the movie. Make me care more about him because, like, yeah. his mission or whatever mission, but, like, made sense. His motives made sense. And he was a fucking just a badass. A creepy badass. Yeah. He lost his daughter because of gods and thought gods were pieces of shit. And then was called to by the sword, which fucking mm-hmm. corrupted his mind. Mm-hmm. And then you just get that, and you get the perfect combination for, I'm going to fucking kill some gods. Yeah. And then what do they do? They kill all the gods off screen. <laughs> we don't watch Gore murder. Gore the no. god butcher did not butcher a single god in this film. He, oh, he, he did butcher the first god. Ah, uh, good point. Good point. One god. Um, I mean, yeah, we get him off screen, and we know he slays the big gods, and we Zeus has the throwaway line. Like, oh, he's just killed a little low-level gods, blah, blah, blah. We went into this film excited because we thought Gore was going to show up to Omnipotent City and just fucking kill yeah. a bunch of the gods. I thought that would have been so fucking cool. It would have. Gore just never even shows up to all the gods. Yeah. How cool would that shot have been of him fighting on that giant fucking like dog thing that's the size of a mountain? Like that fight of him versus that giant monster. It would have been fucking sick. would have been so cool. 
What is Especially because cool? they could have done a scene with him fucking fighting all the people because obviously there was warriors and stuff fighting there. Yeah. Um, you know, and everything. And, like, make it – maybe not he's struggling, but, like, blah, blah, blah. And then you see, like, you pan up and you see the giant god fucking monster thing. And then he just fucking slices through that bitch like nothing. Like fucking butter. Like, I mean, going back to Guardians 2, them fighting that big monster at the beginning of Guardians 2 – it's a cool scene when you fight something that's way bigger than you and you got to stab through it and shit. Yeah. Just that, but like times three because this thing was huge. Yeah. Show me him taking down this, this fucking mountain-sized wolf-lion monster creature. Which goes back again to the plot slash story. I feel like I'm going to go even lower now. It's like we have no reason. This also goes back to the Stormbreaker thing of like not knowing why he needs the Bifrost. We have no reason to know why is Gore going after Thor next. Like why Thor? Bifrost. Okay, yes. Or did I say something else? No, you said Bifrost. Oh. That's why he's going after Thor's because he needs his weapon. But, like, I, I understand that. But when he's fighting him and Thor fucking calls Stormbreaker, Gore looks at it like he almost didn't know that it had the fucking Bifrost. You know what I mean? Like, they were fighting. He was about to kill Thor. And then Thor calls Stormbreaker. Then he looks at it and he's like, oh, shit. And that's when he fucking dips out and steals all the children. Maybe he couldn't. Maybe he couldn't bring Stormbreaker with him. He needed Thor to bring it there. I don't know. No, but that scene made it seem like he didn't know that Stormbreaker. I feel had like, Bifrost. I feel like he knew the whole time. But we don't know that because they didn't set it up at all. You're, and I'm sure that's why Peter Dinklage yeah. and you know what's his name were in it. But I would have much rather have that than the fucking Guardians and those fucking little rabbit things Thor fought. I wonder if he goes to Peter Dinklage to see if he could make him a weapon and then he that fucking could access him. the the Bifrost. Yeah, type thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. So much missed potential. Other the other than that, though, I think Chris Hemsworth is has great comedic timing. I think the chemistry of him and Natalie Portman did not miss a beat, even though they missed four movies, however many movies. Yep. Um, I, I'm a Tessa Thompson fan. Hundred percent. I she's fantastic. Well, like I think I got a crush on her. Okay. After Thor Ragnarok, I was like, I think I might like Tessa yeah. Thompson, but I was like, this is just one movie. I'm just gonna let it go. And then after this film, I told Ryan, like, I like Tessa Thompson. And I you're not afraid to admit it. I'm not afraid to admit it. I think she's very good. Um, and most importantly, fucking Cork. He's in this. He's my favorite MCU character, probably Cork, all of, all of them all. Cork kind of replaces Hulk in this as Thor's sidekick throughout the whole time. And he's fucking funny. It's fantastic. He don't miss. Everything he said was funny. Even the scene where Valkyrie's drinking and she's all depressed on the ship. And Cork was like, oh, you're just going to drink to drown all your sorrows? And it's a downhill <laughs> spiral. And it's like all this stuff. He like just <laughs> fucking great. It's wonderful. It's fucking great. Um, you, know, you know what really bums me out? What's that? Tessa Thompson, again, I, I agree she's fantastic. Chris Hemsworth, great comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Um, not really bums me out, but I feel like they really fucked this up. The Men in Black movie that stars Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Never saw it. What if, it really I've, never, I've never saw it either. But it has Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and I also know it has Kumail Nanjiani in it. How do you fuck that up? I don't know. Did fucking Ben Falcone direct it? Ooh. No, Melissa McCarthy wasn't in it. Well, again, we've decided just anything he's in, though. Yeah, but his wife wasn't in it. Oh, so he couldn't have got hired. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There's – oh, no, this is an actual do- – I was going to say Tim Blaney as uh, Frank the Pug. There's a pug that shows up on the cast list. I was wondering if, like, that's Ben Falcone's, like, ghost thing, as he just shows up <laughs> as a pug and, like, he helped write it. But, no, that's actually a famous dog. Uh, the, the director is F. Gary Gray, who also directed um, The Fate of the Furious. Which one was that? Fast and the Furious 8. John Cena? No. No. Right before John Cena. yeah. Still a shit movie. Uh, Straight out of Compton. It's fantastic. I've actually haven't seen it. 
What's I up? thought I knew his name from somewhere. I'm just going to stop there. I mean, I've got to go look now. Law-abiding citizen? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I knew I knew his name. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, everybody's got one, right? Yeah. You make one banger, and then it's... No, looking at this, I mean, he's made Friday, which is like a very well-respected, straight out of Compton, very well-respected, law-abiding citizen. We love it. How do you fuck up Men in Black? I don't get it. <laughs> Everything else I, I don't know about. That's just huge fumble. <laughs> I agree. Um, I never gave my score. I gave it a 16 out of 20. Uh, what category are we in? I jumped to characters. We haven't done key elements yet. So was that for characters? Yes. I, I think I already said I also gave it a 16. Okay. I really like the characters in this film. Yeah. And they work really well. These so. characters are good. I like. The, I want to see more with these people. Me too. Do you, Now, do you think his daughter actually has a more prominent role moving forward? I think so. She's going to be a little bit older. I think so. Um, by the time the next one comes out, probably like an early, like a young teenager type thing to where she absolutely can be in this film and be a main character with lines and shit. And we probably see her in the Young Avengers, right? Yeah, I think so. Wild move to give her the bigger of the two weapons. Oh. He takes back Mjolnir. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Gives her Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker's like bigger than she is. Yeah. You just, you got to give her the smaller one. <laughs> yeah, but Thor's got a thing for Mjolnir, man. He, There's nothing like your first love. Yeah. No, he. What'd he, you think of the whole jealous Stormbreaker? Fantastic. I thought it was pretty funny, too. Every time he came on screen. <laughs> the scene where he just slowly floated on screen. That shit was funny. Yeah. It's wonderful. It works well. Shit was pretty funny. <laughs> um, key elements going back. Again, it struggles a little bit with tone just because it's trying to do so many different things. That being said, I laughed more in this than I laughed in Ragnarok. Um, I, I gave it a 17. Same thing. I'm right there with a 17. It's very funny. Yeah, It's very funny. It's going to be very easy to rewatch. Um, it's longer than I thought. Otherwise, if you fast forward past the Guardian stuff, easiest rewatch of all time. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. a real quick in and out hour and a half of laughs and action. Yep. Um, would have liked bet more of the action and stuff. Really liked the whole, like, Mjolnir, like, going into pieces and then coming back together. Mm-hmm. Thought that looked cool in yeah, a few fight scenes that, where yeah. they, they used that. Um, no, I, I would have liked more action. I would have liked more gore. Um, not, like, visually gore. The character gore. Yes, yes. Um, but the comedy works fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I guess we'll wrap it up with uh, Enjoyment Tide. Look, it's not Ragnarok, but it was still a very enjoyable movie for me. It had its flaws, yes, and it it, it is a little disappointing because it feels like not Doctor Strange disappointing where, like, I don't know, I was, like, actually very disappointed by that film, even though they're very close in score, this film and Doctor Strange. Um, I still had a really good time with it. I liked it more than Doctor Strange. It, it could have been such a banger. It could have been up there, Mount Rushmore, with Ragnarok. But, I mean, that's a really hard thing to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's a very high ceiling. I gave it an 18 for enjoyment. I still really enjoyed it. Wow. That's yeah. high. I, I still really enjoyed it. It was a really good watch, and it just makes me upset that the, you know, the first act of the movie kind of sucked. I thought I was giving it a high score. Um, you beat me. I'm, I'm at a 17. Okay. I'm one below you, but, again, I thought I was going to be the one pushing it. I yeah, it's a fun watch. It's Thor. It's MCU. Like I feel like as long as you don't fuck it up, baseline for MCU is like fourteen for me. Yeah, we're bi- I mean, we're biased. It goes that's, without saying. It's what this category is here for. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I like MCU shit, and this is Thor, and I like these characters, and I like what they do with these characters. 
Um, I like I, the director. Fucking love the director. Yep. Um, he's fantastic. His style of humor just gets me. And it's that's what this movie is. This is the most Taika Waititi Thor he's ever made. And yeah, and it's they they turn the stuff up from Ragnarok, and it works really well at times. But again, for whatever reason, that first the first act of the movie, and it's almost they tied themselves to Thor being with Guardians at the end of Endgame, and it's like they had to explain that, you know. And it's just like fuck if they just don't add in that scene where he goes with them, and he's just on New Asgard getting back into shape and everything, and goes out, like you you save such a headache. I could do without that whole like. Helping those people and like, he, I just don't he came it. to peace with himself because like, that seemed to really mean anything. Like the beginning where they talk about him coming to peace with himself and blah blah blah, and like he didn't change as a character at all. Like as soon as that first act was over, he was the same Thor that we last saw him. Yeah, he wasn't as like depressed and everything, but like he was the same Thor as Ragnarok. And then it was the the Jane Foster stuff that you know opened his heart and you know and everything and like which means we just don't need the beginning because yeah. the jane character does all of that character yeah. growth and that character arc that you already you already have it later in the film don't fucking show it to me and waste so much time at the beginning yeah i'm so thor ragnarok did i yeah i said 17 right mm-hmm. thor ragnarok was not written by taika watiti okay he was director Thor Ragnarok was written by where the fuck is it? Eric Pierce, a bunch, bunch of randoms. But do do we think maybe that's the issue? Did Taika write this? Taika did write this. Him and one other person. I think maybe Taika needs to take a backseat on the writing aspect of it for the stories, to where it doesn't become too much Taika, but then he puts his twist on the story that we're seeing. Yeah, and that's what makes gives it that perfect balance. It's easy to say that now, though, because after Ragnarok, you're just giving him the car keys. You know what I mean? Y- you have to, yeah. yeah but so. <laughs> and like, if if you're asking me, hey, we if we get another Thor movie, Taika's going to direct again, but he has to write, and if he's not writing, he's not directing. I'm letting him write. You know, yeah, what I mean? for sure. Now, do they bring him back? Because like, how Ugh. common is it for these directors to like direct the same movies? I mean, James Gunn obviously with Guardians, but like. I think did the Captain America ones have the same? Is this something they always do? The Russo brothers did Captain America two and three, not the first one. Iron Man, I think changed directors. Let's see. Directed John Favreau did two. I don't know if he did three. So usually they get two of them. John Watts did all of Well, Ryan Coogler still doing black Panther. So I guess this is kind of the direction they're doing. Yeah. John Watts did all the Spider-Man yeah. films. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, probably. Also, to counter my writing um, thing about Taika, Jojo Rabbit, he wrote <laughs> just by himself. And that's one of my favorite films. Yeah. And you love Jojo Rabbit. So I don't even know. I don't know what the, the what happened here. I still had a great time with it. I just think it could have been next level. Yeah, moving forward, I want to see a Hercules show. I'd rather them do a show in a movie and then eventually have them, you know, come to come to heads in a movie down the line. I really need Hercules playing soccer with other gods. <laughs> okay. Um, I also want a Valkyrie show. I don't know. We though, need more Valky- really need it, Valkyrie. A show in New Asgard. I don't know, but it's hard to separate that from Thor. Um, Kenneth Branagh, Bra- our guy with the mustache, he also yeah. uh, directed Thor 1. We've probably talked on that before on the pod, but... Not the worst Thor. At least you could say that. Yeah. He did make Artemis foul. Don't forget. 
<laughs> we have a love-hate relationship yeah. with you, Ty. It's the most love-hate. <laughs> um, that's my final score, though, of... I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, you didn't actually say your final <laughs> score. My final score. Same as Top Gun Maverick. 83 out of 100. I, One I, better I, than Doctor Strange. And I, I told Ryan as soon as we left the movie. Yeah. Mid-80s. That's what I predicted. 83. Feels right. Look, man, I like this movie. It's not Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> this movie just sneaks into the 80s. Uh, dead set. 80 out of 100 for me. It's fun. It's a good watch. I recommend it. I don't think it deserves all the hate it's getting. I think a at least 10% of the Rotten Tomatoes score is you gay. Probably. Um, which, like, get the fuck over it at this Maybe point. Maybe, like, another 4% is, like, not as good as Ragnarok. Maybe. Which brings us up to, like, an 81. Yeah. And our consensus score is 81 and a half. Bingo. We just figured it out. I made some changes to my uh, MCU scale. My, not my MCU scale, my MCU list. Ranking? Yeah, so I've seen 26 movies. I still haven't seen Captain America 1 or 2. <laughs> or Ant-Man 1. You've only seen the shitty Ant-Man? Yeah. What are your opinions on Ant-Man as a superhero? I like Paul Rudd, so I didn't like the movies, but I like Paul Rudd. So. Gotcha. That's my opinion. Yeah, you got to watch Ant-Man 1 then. You're going to like Paul Rudd more as Ant-Man. So, where do you think Thor, Love, and Thunder of those 26 films, obviously Captain America 2, probably be ahead of it? Where do you think it ranks? Pretty I've mean. I've got to imagine it's... How many films? 26. 26 films. We're going to put it at 14... 11th. Oh! In between what two films? Black Panther is number 10. Okay. Far From Home is number 12. Spider-Man 2. Okay. Doctor Strange 2, 13th. Doctor Strange 1, 14th. Iron Man all the way down at 15th. Where do you have Doctor Strange 1 and 2? Doctor Strange 2 is 13th. Doctor Strange 1 is 14th. Iron Man is 15th. You have the new Doctor Strange over the first Doctor Strange. I do. You fucking loved the first Doctor Strange. I did, but the, the second Doctor Strange still And you did nothing cool but moments. shit on the second one. Because it was, it was a letdown... But I still liked the horror aspect, and I still liked Elizabeth Olsen. That's the thing. It's like I, it wasn't a shitty movie. It's just my my ex. I gave it an eighty three or eighty two, so it checks out. Okay. Iron Man's low. I know it's like a, a contentious take. I don't care. What'd you give it? It's just fifteenth behind those movies. Yeah, that's a bad call. Sixteenth Ultron. You know, hold on. No, I mean Iron Man's got to be higher than that. I, I'm not changing it. I have Guardians two all the way down to seventeenth. That needs to be moved up. I think, maybe to fifth, maybe to sit, maybe just one spot to Ultron. I think. Captain Marvel eighteenth, Eternals nineteenth, Black Widow twenty. Also, I have Black Widow under Eternals in this. Um, that's a mistake. Let me uh, fix that around. I don't know. What'd you what, just say? I have Eternals and then Black Widow. <laughs> oh no! I'll that's have to go so look at my scores gross. though. I'll have to go look Eternals at my scores. This is such a fucking good movie. I might rank Black Widow, Black Widow ahead of it, though. Black Widow is, like, legitimately bottom of the barrel for me. I don't ever want to really watch it again. I just want to see I think Florence. you're remembering it worse. No, than... I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm remembering it accurate, accurately. I just want to see Florence Pugh and stuff in the future. I think you're not remembering it properly. It's not a good film. Iron Man 2 is 21st. Thor 1 is 22nd. Ant-Man and the Wasp is 23. Hulk is 24th, but I also haven't seen that movie in, like, 10 years, so that could be a, a riser. Iron Man 3 is 25th. Dark World is 26th. Dead last. My top 10 is Black Panther, Guardians 1, Homecoming, Civil War, Shang-Chi, 
Endgame, Avengers 1, Ragnarok, No Way Home, Infinity War. Love it. My Mount Rushmore, Avengers 1, Ragnarok, No Way Home, Infinity War. You'd probably have the same, I would imagine. I'd have to go back. I really like Guardians 1. Yeah. Really like Civil War. Yeah, you do. You might have Civil War in there over Avengers 1. Is Ragnarok in your Mount Rushmore, you think? I don't know. Wow. I don't remember my list. I don't. I can't find it. <laughs> I'd need to sit down and, and redo it because there's a lot more. I kind of want to do it with shows as well. Do a full like thirty something, all MCU. Yeah, that's tough though. It is, but I mean, who else is going to do it if not us? And like you know, every other fucking podcast on the world. <laughs> Eighty-one and a half though, Ty. Did you say where that puts it? Eighty-one and a half puts it J. Fortieth. Out of 139, almost 140, right above Uncut. Nope, I'm looking at Doctor Strange. That's not 40th. Uh, we had Doctor Strange label as just Doctor Strange. It really threw me off. I added in the, the subtext. 49, 49th out of 139 films, right so above. So it's worse than Doctor Strange? It is. How? What'd you give Doctor Strange? 85. Oh, jeez. I respected okay. that film. Okay. For what it was. Thor Love and Thunder, uh, exact same score as Shrek 2. <laughs> nice. So, um, above Step Brothers by okay. one point, above Cruella, above Turning Red. All of those had an 80 and a half. And then uh, Pulp Fiction, In the Heights, Her, Birds of Prey, 82 and a half. So, Birds of Prey and Eternals, mm. a better consensus score than Not Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Not Eternals? Why are you lying? A better consensus score? It does, in fact. Eternals. Correct. It's at 82 and a half. You have You're it at fucking a, line. You have it at a 76. I have it at an 89. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. You're disgusting. It's a great film. I, 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 I will never back down from this. And I've even, like, I've doubted myself maybe a little. Rewatched it. Said, nope. Really enjoy this. Can't wait to see the next one. I thought it was fine. <laughs> But Eternals? It was fine. It was good. It wasn't good. 80 fucking nine. I gave it a 20 for key elements, which everyone complained about, um, that it had like no, like you didn't know what it wanted to be. It knew exactly what it wanted to be, and it executed it perfectly. Next year, light year, I'm going to have to next rewatch. Year? Next next week, light year, I'm going to have to rewatch the first 20 minutes. Maybe this time I won't cry. Yeah. Um, at least we didn't get like an hour and 10 minutes in. Um, so expect that. We're back to normal schedule. No more long breaks. We should be good. Um, in case you missed it last podcast, Tyler did get the random Rotten Tomato score. Nailed it. Are we, is that retired? I mean, maybe people thought that was it for us. Maybe that was our last episode and they're like, he fucking got it. And they just rode off into the sunset. Like, this is it. Are we done with that? Is that over? Do you have one ready? I do. Let's fucking run it back. Okay. Um, so love and thunder. Obviously I went with the love dynamic. Made me think of rom-coms, love movies, Again, I always feel like I've done these movies before, so maybe I have. I don't know. We've done so many of these. I thought of maybe your favorite rom-com ever, um, 50 First Dates. Ooh. 2004, Adam Sandler, Not Drew Barrymore. Favorite. Not my favorite rom-com ever. What's your favorite rom-com ever? Um, Crazy Stupid Love. Ah, that's right. Such a good film. That's right. Your Don't mom's favorite. Yeah, mom and dad's favorite rom-com. is 50 First Dates for sure. Yeah. yeah, mine's Crazy Stupid Love. Also really dig uh, Friends with Benefits. It's number two. Crazy Rich Asians is probably up there for me. That's a rom-com, right? Um, I guess, yeah. It's a really good film. I It's up there for me. I just, in terms of like rom-coms. Yeah. It has 175 reviews, Ty. 2004, PG-13 mm-hmm. rated. It's it's criminally low, I can imagine. 
It's not as high as it should be. It's got it's Sandler, so sixty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Forty-five. No fucking chance. Forty-five percent. Sixty-five audience. Not even that high of an audience score. No way. I mean, that just can't. You're on the wrong film, Jay. You're on Fifty First Mates. It's a Navy film. <laughs> no, forty-five percent. A criminally, criminally low. That's a fun film. Is it ridiculous? Does it make no sense? Yes. Makes me cry. That's all I got for you, Ty. Yeah, you said it. Next week, Lightyear. Following week, double double podcast. Nope. Slash the Gray Man are the two movies we review. Yep. <laughs> In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.